College baseball fans, college baseball is returning to Globe Life Field, home of the World Series champion Texas Rangers. Globe Life Field in Arlington, Texas is kicking off the college baseball season by hosting some of the top teams in the country over three consecutive weekends. The action starts with the Shriners Children's College Showdown presented by Kubota from February 16th to the 18th and continues with the Kubota College Baseball Series from February 23rd to the 25th and March 1st to the 3rd. Visit globelifefield.com forward slash college baseball for more information. Tickets for all three weekends are on sale now. College baseball fans, it's time for the D1 Baseball Podcast with Mike Rooney, Aaron Fitt, and Kendall Rogers. Let's win every podcast. Now, here's the pride of the Newtown Edgemont Little League, Coach Rooney. Hello and welcome to the 43 Minutes of Heaven we call the D1 Baseball Podcast. I am your host, Michael Patrick Rooney. This evening's episode brought to us by our good friends at S2 Cognition. S2 Cognition delivers a revolutionary approach to helping athletes understand how in-game decisions impact their performance from youth levels all the way to the pros. It's about swing decisions and it's about getting an assessment on how you're doing with your swing decisions. I can promise you this, you make bad swing decisions and you will end up like Coach Rooney, which means in coaching at age 23. Make better swing decisions, extend your playing career. <laughs> S2 can help you with that. Uh, we're also brought to us by our good friends at Pitch Logic. Saw the, the great Larry Sorensen at uh, the ABCA this weekend. This is the system used by players, coaches, scouts, and instructors at all levels of play, from youth leagues to the big leagues. It's easy to use, affordable technology, makes the platform accessible to every player at every level. All the metrics and features used at the highest level. See PitchLogic.com for more information. Speaking of people operating at the highest level, I am joined by the great Kendall J. Rogers and also Zebby Barrels, Aaron J. Fit. Gentlemen, good evening. Salutations. Rudes, I have a question. Speaking yes. of bad decisions, how many bad decisions did you make at ABCA over the weekend? <laughs> I, I I would say none. I, I don't I don't I don't live in that world, Kendall. Ooh. Like I I just I get on to the next day, win the next, win the try to win the next at bat, the next pitch. Um, I the the thing we're going to talk about in a second is your favorite conversations from the ABCA. I made so many great decisions. I have unlimited fun conversations to chat about. It was so well, great. Well, I have a lot of sources, and I heard a rumor that you were you were sitting crisscross applesauce in the middle of the lobby floor at one point. Uh, so Did in I hear the, that right? uh, that's how is crisscross applesauce like uh, Indian style? Is that what they? Yeah, call? it's, it's yeah, Indian yeah. style. These days in school, you can't say that. So yeah, you got to say okay. Yeah, there you go. Crisscross, crisscross applesauce. Thank you. So that is true. Both days, my my, I blame I blame Ryan Brownlee for that. Because there's no place to sit when you're oh, eating lunch. Place, so I would grab my little sandwich and I would walk down um, outside the trade show and I would sit crisscross applesauce and eat my sandwich and uh, mind my own business and, you know, and then get back to the, the business of, uh, you know, enjoying the convention. So, yeah. Well, I, I will say that, that Coach Rooney was responsible for multiple um, peer pressure scenarios that, that negatively <laughs> affected my sleep. I was looking at my, yeah. my, my, my sleep numbers from the weekend. They were not great. Uh, yeah. And it's mostly your fault. Yeah. Um, and I will say this, that I, the, the last night I, I had to abandon you. I was waiting for you. I was trying to drag you out of our, our engagement at the end of the night. Compete. You know, it just, it just wouldn't happen. I just had to give up on you. And I hated to do it, Rudes, but I had no, no choice. Fitzy, I thought your effort was great. I think that, you know, my, my attitude towards the convention is we can sleep when we're dead. Like we're not there to sleep. Kendall, may I turn the, the tables on you? Mm. Like your effort. The, the, now, the, the, the annual D1 dinner at Old Hickory was amazing. That dinner is epic. It's one of my favorite nights of the year. But outside of that, KR, what do you have to say for yourself? Did you even see 11 o'clock at night? I, I did. So I did drop by to you know say congratulations to Virginia coach Brian O'Connor, who's in That's right, you the did Hall do of that. Fame. Well said. Uh, but I might have lasted about eight minutes. Uh, I, you know, as I get older, I realize that having wine, bourbon, and beer all in a three-hour span is not a good idea. That's even though you only have like one. I had like one drink, but like three-pitch like, mix. Yeah, boy, I feel feel very sleepy. So uh, it, it was a like a D performance, but we got yeah. we got a lot accomplished. Um, it was good to see a lot of familiar faces. You know, I think Aaron says this. You know, every year, this you know, right after ABCA. But it does really feel like that event is kind of like the, the start of college baseball season. Yes. Uh, when yeah. you see all the coaches and, and the clinics and things like that. So it's another great event. 
It is Agreed. energizing. I always, yeah. I always kind of like crawl into it, kind of feeling sluggish after the holidays, and it's like, oh my god, we only have thirty-five days left or whatever. Like we got yeah. all this content to pump out for the season preview. Oh my god, how are we going to get it done? And then you go to ABCA and you have a bunch of great college baseball conversations, and you get your juices flowing. And I, I came back fired up, guys, energized, and yeah. I'm, I'm getting after it all week, baby. Let's go. It's a springboard. Kendall, you, you, gotta do your, you gotta do your Howard Dean too. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Howard Dean. Kendall, you kick us off. What was your favorite singular conversation of the ABCA? Uh yeah, I think the biggest thing for me was like the amount of coaches and whatnot who texted me after the division one business meeting, because we had another meeting to go to during that, but you and Joe were at that how many people kind of reached out to ask what in the hell the KPI was, mm. which I had actually never heard of the KPI. So Kyle Peters well, I think, deck, right? yeah, they, they, <laughs> Kevin Palga, Palga. I don't even know how you pronounce it, but uh, yeah, we kind of, you know, they kind of threw that on us. I, I feel like the NCA every once in a while, the committee, I don't say the NCA as a whole, but the committee always kind of randomly throws those kind of things on you at times. And uh, that was one of those instances, but um that I mean, that really is kind of the only thing that was that created a lot of conversation. Um, I think the other thing too is it seems like a lot of coaches, when you talk to them about their teams, um, it seems like a lot of coaches are like cautiously optimistic. I, I thought like cautiously optimistic was the best way to describe a lot of teams. Um, and and frankly, guys, as we went through our top twenty-five rankings, and we'll have a lot more on that on, on Tuesday of next week. But as we went through our top 25 rankings, it really does look like it was one of those years where, I mean, there, there are what we consider like four or five, six, maybe elite teams. But guys, like outside of that, I mean, college baseball this year, I'm not sure there's been a year that we go into that is this wide open. And it seemed like a lot of coaches felt that way about their team. Like, oh, you know what? I think we're going to be really good in this spot. But like, I don't know about this. And it's not always like that. Yep. I think that's well said. It, the transfers make it really hard to predict things yeah. too. It's mm-hmm. it's just like how's a kid gonna how's it gonna play at the next place, etc. Um, the the KPI thing, I'm really fighting to be open minded to that. Mm-hmm. It's just I I feel like let me say this: the thing I don't know, and maybe you guys do, is what I would like to know if the NCAA wants to be a little bit more transparent. Is can you give us an example of what a team sheet looks like in the room? Because when I hear KPI, what I what what I hear is that this committee, which is already so overwhelmed, they need more numbers, like they need a hole in their face. Like I want, and that's one of the reasons why I'm so pumped up about DSR is because they yeah. can give you, hey, here are the top five games that this team won. Like you can go to the committee and say, hey, their top five wins are blank. Their worst five losses are blank. Like you can put it on paper. Mm-hmm. You can um, show them a graph of the trajectory of the team. And maybe RPI and KPI and MRI and ABC and I don't know, whatever metric, the FITS metric, maybe there's one of those Ooh, now. That's a, that's maybe all one. those things can do that. But it, but show me a team yeah. sheet, NCAA, so I can – because right now, like I want KPI involved in this. I, I would I, – I don't know. I, 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 I would say that. I would say this too, and, and I'm glad you mentioned the DSR. Um, you know, I think we all kind of entered the, the, the partnership of 643 charts on DSR – um, you know, with, with a lot of thoughts. Um, I think we we're open-minded, but we also had our own own thoughts. But I think going to the ABCA, I was, I was very curious to see what the coaches thought about it. And whether it was, you know, Jim Schlossnagel at A&M or you know, John Savage at UCLA or some other coaches, it seemed like the feedback on that was very, very positive. So I know there's some kind of movement in the weeds a little bit with some of the committee members, maybe get on a call and talk about the DSR. But that is a ranking system that a lot of coaches that, that actually were able to kind of see their progression chart as a club at the ABCA convention looked at that and were like, actually, like I really, really like this. So I'm kind of curious to see if this is, if that event is kind of the springboard for the DSR. And I'll throw in a few things here. I think first sure. of all, boy, it's, it's really encouraging to see that they're actually even set, set DSR aside for a minute. It's encouraging yeah. to see that they're actually looking at ways to, you know, to, to tweak, to change the, the process, right? And That's like, a great point. Very I don't know good. anything about KPI. Like that, they sprung that on me. I was like, what the heck is that? I never heard of it before. <laughs> I, I, I still need to learn more about it. I, I read the description of it. It didn't really explain very much like exactly how it works. Um, but, you know, if, if in fact this is like a, 
a good system. It might be. I have no idea. But like, I, I welcome them not just leaning on the one thing that we know is flawed. You know, mm-hmm. and, and so that is, is a, to me, is a sign of progress. Like we've talked for years. The committee has talked last few years about how they need to find a better system. And now, hey, like we're trying stuff, right? Like that's great. That shows to me that's progress. Um, and, and I also give them credit for, you know, basically changing the, the tier structure, which I, I, you know, we all understand that this does not affect your actual RPI ranking that, you know, your record against the tiers is baked into the RPI. So it's a little redundant, but that said, these are things that we, that we use. Like every year when we're doing the nerd cast, we talk about records against top 50, top 100, whatever. Um, they're basically just kind of reframing that is, is the goal here. So like your, what is it? Your, your, your top 50 wins at home are equivalent to your top 75 wins on the road or whatever it is. Those things are equivalent. So you're just kind of waiting these, you're just kind of changing basically the way that you perceive those victories. And I think that's a good thing. You know, I don't think it's like a panacea. Um, I, you know, it's still, the RPI is still flawed, but I, I do think that when it comes to, to perception and, and, the, and the process, I, I think this is a positive step. Yeah. I think it's fair, Fitzy. I just, I, I think every, everything you said is right. Like where, where I need, where, the, the bottom line is we're being open-minded to different things. Now, if I'm going to nitpick and be frustrated, I would say RPI is a ham sandwich on white bread terrible kpi and these other things are a ham sandwich on wheat bread right now like it's like okay i'm glad we changed the bread i and you're right i need to focus on at least we changed something right we've been eating ham on white for 20 years it's garbage no offense to the ham on white people out there but um, we mix in some mustard at least like just I mean, ham on yeah, white with no tomato is tomato Come too on. much to ask fitzy like mix in a pickle for god's sakes runes are you a miracle kind of guy no, not a. Just and, out of curiosity, I've always. Yeah, no, that. I'm a more like a Dijon mustard person. Yeah, give me, <laughs> yeah, give me the I'm spicy mustard. There. I'm with yeah. you. Too much, hey. too much elegance as a Philly guy. Yeah, <laughs> let me say this too, like to put a bow on this part of it. Hey, I, I like Craig Kylitz. I thought did a nice job in his talk. The the ABCA is trying like crazy. I think we all know what's really happening in college sports right now. The top of the house is on fire. And we're not the penthouse, right? We know who we are in baseball. And until the fire in the penthouse is put out, we're kind of just going to have to do our thing the best we can. You know, it was really encouraging that the metrics were so strong for the postseason. I think it's really encouraging that the NCA re-upped with ESPN for a number that's 3x of the old number. That tells us that all the Olympic sports are doing a great job. So I think there's a lot to be positive about. There's a lot of momentum in the sport. Um you know, and, and, you know, changes that we want to see, you know, like the fact that we're still, you know, like doing waivers for the 40 man roster is pretty ridiculous, but it is what it is, right? Like until the penthouse fire is done, we're, we're not going to be able to make crazy changes. I don't think. Yeah. And, and speaking of that, it sounds like the student athlete, uh, was it the student athlete education or something committee? I can't remember what the E stands for. Um, they met over the, over the last couple of days about some of those roster, uh, caps and things like that they're continuing to study it there may be a resolution on that for sure in june on terms of a, a permanent structure uh runes and also postseason wise uh there are three new committee members for 2024 i don't think we we actually wrote that on the site i tweeted it out last week um but the indiana scott dolson florida state's michael offered east carolina's john gilbert are the three new committee mem- committee members i think there's one more spot open uh, and we actually do not have an SEC representative on the committee right now. That? So a lot of a lot of scuttlebutt that the last oh, really? member will be an will be an SEC um, representative. Guys, how about the ACC getting a voice in the room? Holy cow! Love it, Incredible. love it, love it. Hey, before we transfer over, boys, um, let give me give me like your favorite person, like not favorite person, like like the funnest bump into a person. You know, like mm-hmm. I'll, I'll give you guys a couple examples. Like Chris Mahalik was my teammate at Notre Dame, pitched in the big leagues briefly. He um, left-handed pitcher. He's the AAA pitching coach for the Colorado Rockies. Saw him totally out of the blue. Um, you know, Fitzy, we spent time with the Troy coaching yeah. staff, which was just a blast. That you know, all the people we saw at Brian O'Connor's, um, you know, Brian O'Connor in the Hall of Fame. Um, I'll kick you guys off, and then I want your, your favorite conversation. We got – I got to bump into Mark Johnson. 52 years he's been the head coach at Cherry Creek High School in Denver, Colorado. We got to coach his son, Tyler, at ASU. Tyler is a pastor in the Phoenix area now. Just uh, incredible family, incredible people. Coach Johnson once had a high school team, Coach J, as everyone calls him, 
He had five big leaguers on one high school team in the mid-90s in Denver, Colorado. Darnell McDonald was an outfielder for them. John Burke, who went to Florida, was a pitcher. David Ardsma, you know, Rice. Um, Brad Lidge and um, uh, Josh Bard, who played at Texas Tech. All five of those kids were on a high school team, and they almost won six state titles in a row. And anyway, he's he's the most incredible person. Very fun follow on Twitter. He does a positive thought every day. So m- seeing Coach Jay made my weekend. So that's that's great. You, Fitz, um, you got one. You 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 kind of touched on my my probably favorite hangouts this weekend, other than the D one gang, of course. Of course. Um, you know the hanging with that Troy staff. Um, so whatever, great. what is that? Friday night, whatever it was, Thursday. Uh, that was a blast. You know, those, those guys night, were Saturday morning. Yeah. Those guys are a lot of fun. Um, you know, and, and their energy is contagious. I've already, I already thought that, like I've enjoyed hanging out with them when I've stopped in there in the fall and, you know, uh, it, it's, it's easy to see why that program is trending up. Um, and then, you know, the, the Brian O'Connor, um, after party was, was a lot of fun, you know, swapping, stories with with uh, with those guys about i mean they've been there 20 years you know and, and like incredible for me it's it's one of those things it's it's kind of like vanderbilt right like uh my whole career basically it started at the same time as o'connor's first year at virginia and so like my whole career is like watch that program just take off and and it's just they've been a basically a constant throughout those two decades and um you know, to kind of kind of relive it, you know, and just go through. Oh, we're talking about the was it the super regional against UC Irvine, the crazy thing there. I mean, that was that was a blast. And then Paul Maneri was there, of course. I always enjoy catching up with, with Coach Maneri, and he had a lot of great stories too. Um, so that was that was that night was definitely a highlight. Awesome, Kendall. What's one of a, a, a one that stands out for you? Yeah, it was good to run into uh, John Savage and Dave Esker like right off the bat. Uh, I'm pretty sure that Coach Savage does not age. Uh, I let him know that. Like, he still looks the same as he did, like, 15 years ago. But uh, I, I was giving him a hard time because they were kind of talking in the corner of the lobby, and I asked him if they were talking about the new Big Ten ACC alliance or something like that, and they both just laughed and shook their heads. So it was good to chat with those guys for a little while. Yep. I'll, I'll give you guys one more, and then let's get to some transfers and some freshmen. Sure. Greg Lovelady was there. Fitzy, mm-hmm. you and I bumped into him. And I just want to say out loud, bravo, man. Like, yeah. like that must be really hard. You know, like we're college baseball has matured to the point where coaches get let go. Like that's just, it's going to, you yeah. know, like if you can get through your career without being not renewed or terminated, that's going to be rare, you know, like, and, and for Greg Lovelady to have the courage to show, I, I was trying to think about that. Like, what would I, how would I feel if I was him on Tuesday before the convention, knowing that I, I want to coach again and I need to be there. But that's that's tough. And I, I just applaud that courage. And I think Greg, you know, I think we all think Love is an excellent coach. He was tremendous at Wright State. Yeah. They had really good moments. Hey, if we have a field of 72, Greg Lovelady's probably still the coach at UCF, right? They probably pop a couple of those regionals. Yeah. And um, anyway, I, I thought I, I that was really impressed by that. I thought that was really cool of him to be there and and um, makes you really root for him, you know? Oh, yeah. And he'll be he'll be back, you know, in, in a really good job. I would think this year, this summer, like he's, he's too good not to be hired again. He's very young still, you know, he's still what, I don't know, early, early mid forties. Like he's, uh, he got a lot of good years ahead of him. He's a sharp guy. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I agree with you. That was impressive. And, you know, and I'll, I'll say this too. We were talking to him and Danny Hall walked by another hall of famer. That's a guy who's been there for 30 years at Georgia tech. Right. I mean, it's, it's incredible. The run he's had also into the hall of fame uh, this week with, with Brian O'Connor and Jim Morris. So, big ACC uh, Hall of Fame weekend there uh, at the ABCA. Yeah, incredible. I mean, I just I wrote down all these names like seeing Chip Baker there, the big mm. shooter and just oh man, there we're so blessed. Like there's that's one of the things that um there's so many great people in our sport and it makes it just so fun and and um gosh, it was that 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 event is is so awesome. So, very good. Hey everyone, we're going to take a quick break from our discussion to hear a couple ads from our sponsors. All right, boys, let's 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 uh, let's get to some, you know, as we turn the page and we're, you know, we're, we're deep into writing previews and getting ready for the season. Um, one of the pieces that was out was we ranked the transfer classes. Now, transfer means junior college and four year transfers, um, one through twenty five. Those are all out there right now. Yes. Fitz, yep. Those are all out. So, Kendall, you start us off. What was one transfer class? Maybe you wrote it, the piece. Maybe you didn't. One transfer class that jumped out at you. Yeah, I'm going to go with TCU. I think the I think you probably thought I was going to go with A&M routes there in the top five, but 
Um, the thing about TCU that I really like is, you know, they have a lot of key pieces back this year. Uh, but I think Peyton Tolley, you know, getting him was was a huge addition for that program. I think he's a guy that, uh, ironically enough, has a chance to end up being their closer. You know, Bennett Belt moves the rotation. They're actually pretty comfortable moving him to the closer role, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. I think he'll end up as a weekend starter and then a DH and a DH role offensively. Uh, but you're talking about a guy, 90, 93 on the, from the left side. Uh, pretty good breaking stuff. Uh, offensively, the the, the uh, day I was in Fort Worth, uh, it was light tower power. Um, it was Luke and Baker like, and frankly, his his physique is very Luke and Baker like. So uh, I just love that addition. I love two way guys, and I I, just, I think you know in terms of you know just what he brings to the table from a consistency standpoint, both areas. I think he's going to be a big time gift for them. Uh, and then Ben Hampton, um, you know, he's a really interesting pitcher because. You know, if you look at his numbers overall at West Virginia, I mean, they're not incredible, right? Uh, but he's a kid that's – I mean, he's pitched – I think it's over five – I want to say 450, 500 innings in college baseball in his career. I mean, that's incredible. I mean, that, that's just getting incredible. that amount of innings, that amount of experience and in, in, in an older guy who's a leader type in your clubhouse like that, um, you know, I, I think that – I just think that's a really good get for them. So, you know, Zach Collier, a junior college transfer, I think is going to have a chance to really help them. Uh, at the back end of the bullpen. And so uh, I like, you know, TCU's, you know, transfer class wasn't huge or, you know, significant like some of these other ones. But I think the impact of the guys they got is pretty significant. I like it. You know, um, Peyton Tolley was on the Shock Factor podcast recently, and it was very entertaining. Him and Steven are kind of birds of a feather. I would say Peyton Tolley's a little bit, he's like kind of a country version of Steven Shock. And I mean that as a great compliment. Um, they, they, there was a, there was a very meaty part of the conversation, no pun intended, where they talked about how many nuggets they could eat in one sitting. It was quite entertaining. Um, and, and, uh, etiquette on sauces. It was, it was fantastic. Um, but Peyton Tolley's mom grew, she went to Wichita state in the heyday. So, so his mom is like a huge college baseball fan. And, um, and you know, like that's how he ended up at Wichita state. And I just, I love that. I love that, that here's a kid that grew up loving college baseball because his mom, experienced the shockers back in the heyday yeah she actually it's it's really interesting during their whole transfer process like her and the family were actually like keeping me updated on like hey here's where he's gonna visit and all that so like in this day and age i actually really appreciate that kind of transparency that does not shock me yeah awesome fitzy what are you going with what, who, what's a transfer class that jumps out for you um so I, I, I'm going to cheat runes, but there's a reason for Cheater. it. There's a, there's a method to my madness here um, because these are two, two are kind of linked. Florida State and Ole Miss both had okay. shockingly bad seasons last year, right? Like missed their yeah. conference tournaments. You know, these, these powerhouse programs are always so consistent. Both of them really, really, really got after it with the transfer market and totally transform their rosters. And, and, you know, to the point that I'm, I'm confident that both these teams are going to be regional teams this year. Um, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if both wind up as, as top 25 teams this year, but in all Mrs. Case, I mean, it's really, they lost all those, basically all the guys who, who were everyday position players two years ago in the winter all are now gone over the last two years. Those guys have all, have all left. Uh, I believe. And, and so you're left with, you know, all these gaping holes around the diamond and they, they plugged them. I thought very, very well shortstop, you know, you had to replace Jacob Gonzalez. We bring in Luke Hill from Arizona state. Um, They love him. You know, I I think he's going to be a a big star there. You get Andrew Fisher from Duke, who is just a dynamite freshman hitter, you know, that I think Duke was kind of stunned to lose, Um, you know, just an impact left-handed bat. You bring in a veteran like Jackson Ross from FAU, um, who's going to hit in the middle of the order, just a very accomplished run producer. And then Trayson Hughes from Mercer, um, who who brings a lot of tools to the outfield and, and performance. And, you know, there's others, two arms that will contribute, Kyler Carmack and Liam Doyle, um, Ryan Rodriguez. I mean, they, they really really bolstered their, their roster. Um, and then Florida state, I mean, obviously they had a lot of flaws. Um, that team last year was not good. And the main thing though, was, was on the mound and they, boy, they really, really improved on the mound with, I think that the best Juco arm in the class, Gavin Adams, you know, uh, and, and Cam Leiter from UCF. These are two guys who are going to be mid to high nineties with, with real secondary stuff. Like could be Friday night, Saturday night guys that stand, that stand up against anybody. If, if you know they can harness it now, I mean the, the walk rate was a little high for lighter last year. Um, you know Adams, neither of them was a finished product, but the upside's through the roof with those two guys, so that's super exciting. Um, and then Carson Dorsey was another one of the top 
Juco arms in this class. Lefty that totally different look like funky over the top, but it's good stuff. And, and I think that's a really nice piece. He could start. He could be in the bullpen. And then they just, you know, Noah Short, um, they brought in low slot joker who's like a classic florida state how many times did florida state had like a chase haney or one of these like low slot jokers at the oh. back of the bullpen like he'll fit right in you know south in carolina that. always had those yeah. in the heyday yeah you gotta sure. have a low slot joker yeah and then you know they they just again the lineup i mean you all these infield spots are open you, you bring in a, an alex lodice a, a drew Ferro. um that's probably gonna be their middle infield you know, uh, Marco Dinges, I think, is, is probably going to be DH slash catcher, like going to hit for power, going to be a key bat. They did very well. They, they, both those those teams, I think, had had quantity as well as quality. I like it. I'm going to go West Coast. Um, Oregon State had a small class. They were in they were ranked here. Hey, and before I finish, or well, let me do Oregon State first. It's small, but like they got the right pieces. You know, they got they got a shortstop, so Travis Bazana can stay at second, and they can have a freshman phenom go play third, and maybe a little less pressure, even though third's hard in college. Um, Elijah Hainline, who was an All Pac-12 kid at at Washington State, hit well over 300, double-digit home runs, reliable defender. Third, he'll be a third-year starter. I'm I think that was they needed one more piece position player wise. They have so many guys back. I mean, we're all very high on the Beavers. Teaser, you know, spoiler alert, they're going to be highly ranked. Um, you know, like this is a good team. And, you know, I, I, there's a, there's an emotional part to, to Oregon State this year. They, you know, they were left for dead conference wise. They're going to be maybe independent the next two years. And I, I just feel like they've got an Omaha run in them. They, they actually were better in the Baton Rouge regional than you might remember just because LSU was so. Um, there was just no room in the spotlight for anybody but LSU, but Oregon State was was they were pretty dang good in that thing. And so um, Aiden May is the other name. You know, this is a really sexy arm, mid nineties, wicked slider. He did make sixteen starts at Arizona last year, but they didn't go very well. You know, it's a six and a half ERA, but the talent is undeniable. And you know, it'll be his third year of college baseball if it clicks. Um, we, we, you know, we all think very highly of the pitching coach at Oregon State, Rich Dorman. So I just think Oregon State had a really good team and they did they did the right level of shopping in the transfer portal. I, I just want to encourage everyone. These, these were really fun pieces to do. You know, Wake Forest is the number one class. You got Chase Burns, you got Seaver King. Tennessee is a top five class loaded up with bats. You know, a good offense went nuclear. Um, you know, LSU, I thought was going to be the number one class and, and Wake Forest kind of beat them out. Arkansas's got a great, you know, Wahiva Loy from Sacramento State and Mason Molina from Texas Tech. So, you know, it, it's it's fun. The transfer classes are fun. Um, I thought we would just touch on them tonight because they do. They get a lot of pub, the transfers, on the way. Um, but let me do this, boys. Let me transition us to the freshmen because one of the things that's happening in college baseball is less and less high school kids are getting drafted and signing. The draft is smaller. You know, 20 years ago, we were losing between 180 to 200 high school kids to, the, to pro baseball right out of the chute. They'd sign. Last year was 95. Two years ago was 88 kids. So it's cut in half, which means we're getting really good players to college baseball. What, a, what, a, what an awesome opportunity. And so what I want to do tonight is let's each pick three freshmen. Now that we've seen, you know, we've read, we're reading fall reports. By the way, we had over 100 fall reports. How cool is that? One of my favorite things that we do. So, so yeah. Kendall, I'll start with you, and we'll go around the horn. Let's talk about some of these freshmen. You know, like who is this year's Ethan Petrie? Who is you know this year? I mean, there were so many good freshmen last year; it was crazy. So, go ahead, Kendall, kick us off with one. Oh, you're muted. Yeah, I mean, I'll give you give you one right off the bat, and uh, Gavin Grohovic uh, at A and M. Out of all the freshmen, I saw. Uh, throughout fall workouts, he he was the best. Um, like it, it was one of those, you know, you just kind of sit up in your seat, you know, kind of moments when he went to the plate. I mean, he's a real physical guy, um, 6'2", 220. Uh, he looks the part. You know, he was a, you know, I, I want to say he played in outfield in high school. They're going to put him at third base. Uh, he apparently has been pretty good, pretty decent there. Uh, he was actually pretty good there the night I was there against U of H, but. You know, just a really confident offensive approach, big-time power. Uh, everything off his bat was just really hard hit, great instincts. And, you know, I, I've kind of said – I said this in our reports. Um, but, you know, from a just a sheer physical standpoint, 
Uh, he reminds me a lot of Josh Young when he was uh, you know, freshman at Texas Tech. And you know, Jim Schlossing will agree with that. He obviously hopes he's as good as Josh Young. But, uh, you know, it, it, it's not quite the same feeling I got uh, Dylan Cruz's freshman year, uh, but it was pretty damn close. Like, it was one of those things where you're like, wow, this guy's going to be really good. And the, the last guy that I saw that looked like that in the fall um, was Jay Slavalette last year, and he obviously had a pretty good freshman year. I love it. Kendall, can I just go – I mean, jo, you know, J, um, Josh Young is an aggressive comp, right? That was the number 10 pick in the draft. I mean, like when I yeah. say aggressive, like that's that's like that's a big compliment. I'm going to go even more um, bold than that. Um, Fitzy, I was going to use the word boldacious right there. What's the word? Is it bodacious? What's the word? Yeah, it's definitely not boldacious, although I love that. No. I, might, I, might, I might have to make that <laughs> I thought you were about to copy him like but, Mike Trout or something. I think you're looking oh for audacious. 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 Yeah. Yeah, I wanted bold and audacious put together. Audacious is great. Thank you. Can we Boom. please make this trend on Twitter or the X, yes. if you will? That will get into a. That's yeah. getting into a, a well, conference preview. You can count on it. What What's really funny about, or kind of interesting about Grahovic is, I mean, imagine trying to pitch to him, Brady Montgomery, and Jay Slavilo in the middle of that lineup. No, I good luck. The, I want to hear the boldacious comp, please. Ruth. Oh, uh, like when you described him, Kendall. He's a little short for this. But when you described him, where my brain went, Pat Burl. Pat the okay. Bat Burl. Like kind of a big, physical, right-handed, California, feel to hit, strength, and kind of positionless. Like they're hoping he can play third. You know, people yeah. have talked about him catching. He's probably not as big as Burl, though. He's more of a bull rider physique than than Burl. I feel like Burl was kind of like a – not helping the Pennsylvania. A, what does that kid, mean? You know, what do you got? What's a bull rider? What is a bull rider physique? <laughs> like, like a little, a little more built up, a little more thick. I feel like, I feel like Burrell just kind of had almost like a model build or something. That's well, yeah, big, big model. Yes, you kind of remind me of Fit. Yeah. You know, I get oh, that a lot. I get that yeah. a lot. <laughs> the fat that That's what your wife says every day, huh? That's either right. way, either way, I can't wait to see Gravovic play. I am super yeah. pumped for him. Yep, Fitzy, who are you going with? Oof. I got a good one for you, Coach Renee. I mean, I guess if we're going to be provincial, let's be provincial. Please. I got a Duke guy for you. Marcus uh, Marcus Johnson. Kyle Johnson. Wow. Uh, Kyle Johnson is going to win freshman of the year this year. Whoa. Uh, there I said it. In the ACC uh, or nationally? In, in, in the United States of America. Wow, okay. Sweet. I'm intrigued. Uh, guy is a freak. He's a two-way player. 6'1", 205. He's, he's physical and ultra-athletic. Uh, left-handed pitcher. I saw 92-95 with command and feel from the left side uh, with a plus changeup. And, uh, you know, I didn't see a great curveball, but apparently he, he, over the course of the fall, really developed a good slider too. I think he's going to pitch in their weekend rotation, and we know how good their staff is. It's going mm-hmm. to be an elite pitching staff. And this guy's good enough to pitch in the weekends for this team and also start in right field. Um, and it's a quality at bat machine, um, you know, discipline uses all fields, hits the ball with authority. This guy's a stud and it's, I'm, I'm shocked that he wasn't higher ranked and higher profile coming out of the high school. I mean, he was a top 150 guy for PBR, but, um, I think he's going to walk out of here as, as a really special player. You know, th- those two way guys, like if you're a great two way guys, a freshman, you'd be a three time all-american right like as a two as a as a mckay or an aj reed or one of these guys who just like there's not that many great two-way players around and i think this guy's got a chance to be i love it i the the when we did the rankings conversation which i'm gonna not try to give away things i may struggle but i liked do you know you know it goes when we're, we're having these really intense rankings discussions there are teams that you have a feeling coming in that changes. Sometimes it, it's you feel less good, sometimes more good. Um, better, I guess, is, is the English word for <laughs> more that. Um, more good, more good and boldacious will come into you in a conference preview soon. Um, uh, the Duke was a team that I came in a little like maybe lukewarm is the best way I could say it. I came in more way more convicted than I than I started. So I like it. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to go SEC Dylan cup, I think is going to be the starting shortstop at Mississippi state. I don't know if that's going to happen like day one, but I think he's going to, there's going to get to a point where he's too good not to play. He is like a more instinctual Casey Martin to me. And remember Casey Martin from Arkansas, where it's like a little guy with tools, 
you know, like he's he could play football running back. He's like physical and twitchy and fast, and um, he probably needs to slow himself down a little bit. I saw him in some high school events, but I just think Dylan Cup is um, really talented. He's the type of kid that can be hard to get to campus. I think he's going to be too good not to play. Um, you know, and with freshmen, we're always predicting things, and it's hard to be a freshman and play college baseball nowadays because you're playing against 23-year-olds. But um, I'm smitten with Dylan Cup. Like, he's just ev- – everything about his game. He's confident. He's swaggy. He's physical. He's fast. Um, I'm in. I'm in on Dylan Cup. Kendall, you're up. Yeah, I'm going to um, stick in the SEC and, and talk about Jake Brown. Uh, mm-hmm. You're going to hear me talk a lot about this guy throughout the year. And I, I'll tell you what, uh, he's he's another guy that, you know, first at bat, uh, I saw the Purple and Gold Series, I was like 100% sold. And that, that does not happen very often. Um, 6'2", 190, left-handed hitter. Uh, what's really interesting about Jake Brown is he, he runs like a deer, really good instincts in the outfield. He Everything off his bats, very hard contact. But what's really interesting is I was talking to a couple of coaches – who recruited him out of high school, and they actually think he'll end up being a better pitcher than he'll be a position player. And if he's that good as a position player, I can only imagine what he is as a pitcher. You know, I talked to Jay Johnson about this in the fall, about him as a potential pitcher, and he's like, yeah, he's got a lot of potential there, but, like, we don't really need him in that role. So maybe it's one of those things, you know, you know, Jay really likes to do this. Maybe it's one of those things where they, they kind of just build him up to pitch next year and don't really rush it with him this year because they don't necessarily need it. So, uh, you know, as intriguing as he is offensively for this year, I'm very curious to see what he's able to do on a two-way front, potentially in 25. But we'll see. I mean, if he's pitched – if he's, let's say he's throwing 95, 97 in, in January from the left side, I have I find it very hard to believe that, they, yes, he's going to go, you know what, let's, let's let him marinate a little bit for one more year. I will say this. I was talking with uh... – with Josh Jordan and bottom, the uh, LSU recruiting yeah. coordinator at the convention this week. Uh, and he, he, he had dropped a very intriguing comp. He, he comped him to Charlie Blackman, you know, a long time, Love it. big, big outfielder, Georgia tech star. Um, and if he's Charlie Blackman, then I have a feeling he's going to be mostly a position player. Um, and, and, you know, I mean, it, it sounds like he's, he's just a super talented dude. who could do a lot of stuff, but the, the sound like the bat is really special. Yeah. It's hard to imagine that he's a better pitcher than, than what I saw, but we'll see. Love it. Fitzy, what are you going with here? Um, I'm going to give you – can I give you a sleeper guy? Yeah, I, I've got a couple that I want to stick my neck out on too. So you're going to – you're gonna, yeah, let's do that. This is from a class that did not make our top 25 recruiting classes but just missed. Like we talk at length about Maryland's recruiting class. Um, I, I think – you know, I don't think they had any guys – even in the, in the PBR rankings. Um, but like I, they, they love their freshman class. And, and I think Chris Hakopian, I didn't see he was, he was banged up when I was in town. Um, he's going to probably start at third base for him right away. He's, he's very athletic. Jordan Croslin, like really, really exciting, physical, explosive athlete with power and speed. Um, can play some short, can play some outfield. He'll probably play outfield on this team. But the guy that I, I kind of really liked, like is an all fit type guy is, is Braden Martin. Um, you know, and, and I think he probably winds up, I believe playing second base. Um, they're going to start him in the outfield, I believe on, on this team because of their personnel. But, uh, uh, Matt Swope, their, their first year head coach thinks this guy's got a chance to be just an elite leadoff man. It's his career unfolds really good feel for the barrel runs. Well, lots of competitive at bats and deep counts, you know, not, not a real big guy, but a twitchy you know, fun athlete who can run. Um, he's going to be a fun player to watch, I think. Oh, that's a good one. I, that is a good one. Gosh, I have so many choices right now. All right, let me let me let me put a bow on my Oregon State. Um, I am an I am a Beaver aficionado right now. I think we all are. They, they're they're going to be really good. They got a kid to campus, Trent Caraway, by perfect game. He was the number three ranked player to get to campus, so he's probably like number twenty overall in the class. Played at J. Sarah Catholic High School in Orange County, which is in the Trinity League, which is the best league in high school baseball, right? It's Modern Day and Servite and um, Orange Lutheran. I mean, you know, it's like ridiculous, the high school league he plays in. You know, J. Sarah Catholic is Royce Lewis, Chase Strumpf, uh, um, e, uh, the, the catcher, um, Hedges, uh, Austin Hedges, right? Yeah. Like they're just loaded every year. It's all Division One players. And Trent Caraway, six foot two, 200 pounds, 
he's a shortstop. Like it's instincts. He's physical. I mean, that's like football physicality. Six foot two, two hundred pounds. It's unbelievable bat speed. The other thing I like is he just does not play like a um, a prima donna like superstar. He plays like he's mad at somebody. Like he plays like somebody just slapped him before the game. I love it. It's like really borderline angry. Kendall, I I, I might again. I've never met the kid. The bar fight meter bar on this kid's got to yeah. yeah, like like talent and bar. Kendall, you know what happens when talent meets bar fight meter. I mean, really good things happen, Runes. Yes, that's right. So Trent, (laughs) that's right. Well said. Um, Trent Caraway will play third base for Oregon State. I think he slides over to shortstop after you know Hay and Line will get drafted this year. Um, Man, I'm I'm smitten with him. I'm all in, all in on Trent Caraway. One R on Caraway, by the way. C A R A W A Y. I misspelled that. Yeah, I misspelled it in my fall report. That's how much I love him. Like, Um, there you go. J. Sarah Lyons. Kendall, are you up for round three? Yeah, I've got a good one for you. Uh, I'm going to go into the Big 12. Yes, the Big 12. Uh, yes. And the Houston Cougars. Um, they joined Ooh. the Big 12 this year. Uh, keep an eye on Ace Reese, a uh, kid out of Canton, Texas. Um, really good-looking player. Um, he, you know, He's one of those guys that during, during in and out, batting practice, he stands out. 6'3", 200 pounds, uh, right-handed hitter. Um, you know, had a couple of hits against AM, hit an absolute bomb or early in the game against AM on a, about a 92 mile hour heater. Uh, I, I'm guessing that thing probably went 420, 430. Uh, just a really talented looking player. I mean, che- checks a lot of boxes. I was talking to Todd Whitting about him in the fall, and he thought that he was just an instant, massive impact type of player. And, and frankly, guys, you know, this is no secret. Like, this is a big year for Houston. This is a transition year to a new conference. You know, they they the last couple of seasons after the the rough twenty one season, they started to pick things up a little bit. Now they go into a little a, a tougher league. They're going to need guys like him to make an instant impact. I mean, he's one of those kids that I could see, you know, hitting 300, 320 with ten and twelve home runs. And actually, Todd, I don't I don't necessarily see this as much as Todd, but Todd kind of likened him a little bit to uh, Jace Lavalette. Lavalette's taller. But the athleticism, the, the tool set is most certainly there. So keep it on uh, Ace Reese, the Canton kid. It's a great name, isn't it? Where's Canton, oh, Texas, Kendall? Uh, Please tell me that's our of, rivalry of cut and shoot. Uh, not quite. Uh, southeast okay. of Dallas. They're actually – so Canton, Texas is actually known for, like, having, like, the largest flea market in the world. We have learned it's, it's a lot. It's ridiculous, dude. So I went there as a kid, like, once – um, and I mean, it's just like, it's like hillside after hillside of flea markets. It's incredible. And it's not like crap. It's a, uh, it's like, you know, fine woodworking and it's all this like ultra fancy crafts and stuff. It's kind of interesting actually. I like it. I'm learning a lot. This podcast, I'm learning that Canton, Texas is the flea market capital of the world. I learned yeah, that Google old- Canton trade days. You'll, it's kind of crazy to look at pictures of like how big it is. I'm in. I learned that boldacious is not a word, which that was disappointing. That, <laughs> but I, should I, be. But should be. Yeah. yeah. Or it I actually pretend it is better a word. than bodacious, though. I like boldacious. Yeah, yes. that's what we're going with. Yeah, that's. I know. Yeah. I like that better. It sounds better. I think we right. should just change it. Done. Done yeah. and done. Put it on a Stephen Shock T-shirt. We'll put that in the uh, D1 baseball style guide. Thank you, <laughs> Fitzy. I've got four <laughs> players left on my board. Even if you pickpocket me, I yeah. still win. My I board will... is chock full of talent. I won't pick your pocket. Well, I mean, I've got lots of players on my board too. Like I, I feel like I have to at least mention the name Drew Burris because he's just a can't miss superstar for Georgia Tech. Uh, and he's like, a, uh, yeah, I love it. I asked Danny Hall specifically, does he remind you of anyone? And he dropped the Jay Payton comp and he was reluctant to do it because that's, you know, that's one of the great players in program history. He said, but this guy throws better than Jay, but don't tell Jay I said that. That, oh. That's what that was what Danny said. Uh, he he's, he told the world he said. I, I know. I'm I just <laughs> totally threw Danny under the bus. Uh, but but uh, uh, this guy is a stud, man. It's just like a co- smaller, compact athlete who hits for power and av- he's going to hit for average. He's going to play center field and hit probably lead off. But he, he's just he's going to be a monster, monster college player. Uh, but the guy I wanted to throw at you. See, I cheated again. Look at me. So bold. You're carrying two four irons like the great Dave Neal right now. Fitzy. <laughs> nice. nice reference. Um, I wanted to give you another sleeper guy because Please. he's not a famous player, but a guy that's going to be, a, I think, a really good college player. Justin LeBron 
is going to be the starting shortstop at Alabama as a, mm. as a true freshman. And uh, it's not a guy that, you know, I don't even think he was on the PBR list. I don't think he was ranked uh, kind of flew into the radar, but like Rob Vaughn mentioned, mentioned to, to me this fall, he's like, this guy will do things. And you're like, why is this guy here? Like what, what happened here? You know, like how is this guy on campus? Uh, because he's, he's six two one seventy, soaking wet. Uh, he's, he's super just kind of rangy and instinctive, like a through the roof baseball IQ really looks the part at shortstop can really throw. And there's surprising, uh, whip in the swing. It sounds like, you know, they think this guy's going to, to drive the ball as he, as he fills out that, that lanky frame, but, um, but he really can defend and, and it sounds like special makeup and uh, just a guy that kind of slipped through the cracks a little bit, maybe on the, on the showcase circuit, but um, sounds like a star to me. Mm, that's awesome. I'm going to, I'm going to empty my board on you guys. Um, and then I'll give you my player. Um, I've got four guys left. Luke Stevenson, Fitzy. I've heard you rave about him. Like he's going to be yeah. the catcher day one at North Carolina. It just sounds like, like a first round pick, right? Like he's physical and he's big and he's talented and he's just like North Carolina's had a million of these dudes, right? Like they just check every box and you're lucky to get him to campus. Yeah. And Campbell Smithwick, I don't know if he's on your list, but I put him in that from Ole Miss, he'd be in that same category. It's going to be a catcher from day one, three year starter, probably a first round pick in three years. Like those two guys for me are, are in the similar category. Yeah. And, and whereas Luke Stevenson is just a vintage North Carolina recruit. Like they just get first round picks to campus Liam Peterson is a vintage first round right-handed pitcher at guess where the university of Florida, like they just get first round arms to campus. Like they, you know, they, I don't, I don't know how that happens, but you know, what's the expression, do your job scouts. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm teasing. Of course, like I'm sure scouts would love to have signed this kid, but you know, like he's big and throws a million and pitchable and just like another great right-handed you know, weekend rotation arm at Florida. Like that is so on brand for the Gators. Another elite starter. A kid that I've loved as I've learned, Stanford's going to be an interesting team for our audience and for college baseball fans to get their arms around. They they just got, it's just a really, it's a reset year for Stanford. Let's just call a fish a fish. And it's going to be a lot of new faces. Um, and on the pitching staff, they have a freshman. Their, their freshman class, Stanford's freshman class is uber uber talented on the mound like super good freshman arms but the one that was a little under the radar who's kind of run past some of those other highly higher ranked kids christian Lim is a kind of six foot one-ish left-handed pitcher it's 91 92 and like he's borderline arrogant on the mound like really confident and got that winner gene and, and when i say arrogant on the mound i mean that is the highest compliment i can give like that's exactly who i want on the mound. So Christian Lamb, I can't wait to see. He may be their Sunday starter when it kicks off. They'll have Matt Scott and Nick Dugan. Um, the name I want to give you guys is not a starter yet, but I'm just telling you he's going to be a starter. In, in my, This is what I think. I think Ryder Helfrick is going to be the starting Ooh. catcher for Arkansas Ooh. as a freshman. California kid, it's just really good. Mm-hmm. He's just a good player. And I think it's scary to start a freshman at catcher in the SEC. But I think the SEC West is going to have a couple of them. You mentioned Smithwick, uh, Smithwick, Fitzy, and then uh, I just I, I love what I what I've seen and what I hear about Ryder Helfrick, yeah. and I think eventually he's going to be too good not to play. I, I totally agree. Well, I think he's going to play regardless of if he's catching or not. Like I think when I was there this fall, he was actually playing third base, which um, you know they had some guys out of position. I don't know if that's a thing or not, but. Um, um, he's a catcher. I mean, that's that's what he profiles as. He's going to be a really good catcher, but he's definitely going to hit, and he's going to hit right away. I mean, I, I'd be shocked if he's not, you know, in the lineup a lot as a freshman. They just have like so many catchers on that roster, and a lot of them are older. But he might, yep. even as a young kid, he might be the best of the bunch. So I, I'm with you. I love that call, Roots. Love that call. Yeah. I'm in, I'm in on him. So the freshmen are, I encourage the listeners, like we're a little bit ahead of you because we're writing stuff, but as you know, the freshmen, the top 25 freshman classes are going to be on the website when, as you're listening to this, they're already on there. Um, and then, and they're so fun, like getting to learn some of these names. Remember better players are getting to campus than we've seen in a long time. And, and that is so exciting, um, for, for the future of the sport. It's really awesome. Um, that said, We've got the freshman rankings, the transfer rankings we referenced. The rankings will drop on Tuesday, the 16th. 
That means that the write-ups of those teams are coming. Conference previews are coming. Um, this is the, there, there's, I don't know that there's a more fun time of the year. Um, you know, you're going to be able to read reports with the word boldacious in it. I mean, where else are you going to get that? Um, if you Kendall, don't sneak that in to, to your, your a 10 write-ups, at least like at least sneak it in somewhere there. Uh, I'm going to be disappointed. I'm just, if you don't you. think the St. Joe's Hawks, the Hawk will never die. If you don't think the Hawks are getting a boldacious reference, Fitzy, you are sadly mistaken. Kendall, you're on the coupon beat. What do you got for these people? What kind of coupon you got for the people of America? Uh, so you can use Save 30 to get 30% off an annual subscription, or you can input Fit 90 to add 90% to your subscription total. I recommend Wouldn't the Fit recommend. 90. It's a great deal. Oh, the Fit 90. The 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 Type in two four irons. Uh, I'll tell you uh, this, though, guys. Go ahead. The, the Fit 90 is always going to be a hard 90. I'm, I'm going to tell you that right now. No You're not going to lollygag it up the line, baby. Yep. And well, if you have a if question, go ahead. Go ahead, Kendall. Can I replace plethora in my season preview reports with boldacious? Sure. It, can that can that be used in that context? Absolutely. 100%. Okay. Boldacious is very versatile. It's, it's just, you got to get Boldacious's bat in the lineup, Kendall. The, if you got to play it in left okay. field, first base, do it. <laughs> the greatest the greatest thing about this, Kendall, is we run the show. If we want Boldacious <laughs> to be a word in D1 baseball, then doggone it, it's going to be a word. Yeah, 100%. Like so, so as Kendall said, type in something, something, and get 20% off at checkout. Type in Next Kurt week, Reed, the code will be Boldacious30. Boldacious 30. <laughs> Thank you. But get don't don't get left behind. Now is the time. This season is going to be on us before we, you know it, and, and you are going to want to sink your teeth into all this preview stuff. It is so, so fun. We'll have the preview podcast, or the uh, Top 25 podcast coming next week. Um, we'll have to do our draft on teams. We'll have to do our fantasy draft on players. Our stock market draft that Fitzy ran away with last year really – Really did he actually run me. away with it? I did actually. I think he won, but I don't think he ran away. I, with I think it. it was fairly convincing. Yeah, I don't know about that. If UCLA didn't have all those injuries, the, the fabulous Rune Dogs were were destined for a big season. Yeah, I mean to be fair, like two of my four starting pitchers were out with arm injuries, so that's not fair. Guys, Check your pitching of program. It's fair. You got to develop your arms, Raj. What are you doing? Yeah, Hire Nate Yeski. Kendall. <laughs> can I? Can I, can I just interject? I'm sorry. I know we're trying to wrap it up, but late breaking Please. news. Um, apparently, uh, there's a dialectical British definition of the word boldacious. <laughs> really? Brazen or impudent is what I'm told. Uh, it is <laughs> probably a blend of bold and audacious is what Miriam Webster tells brazen, me. brazen, exactly what I'm going for. Boldacious. So all, so all this time we thought runes is being creative in reality. He was just Googling old English words. There you yeah, go. Just channeling my inner Englishman. This, this seems, I, I challenge. I, I, I don't buy this. This is not a real thing. I love it. Well, as you can tell, this is this is loopy season, and we're going to embrace it. We're going to lean into it. Uh, gentlemen, this was fun. Well done. Well played. Uh, very boldacious of you. Uh, everyone have a great week, and we will catch you next time on the D1 Baseball Podcast. The D1 Baseball Podcast is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts.